This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Ever feel like somebody's watching you? Well, it turns out you're not exactly imagining things. I mean, there probably isn't somebody actually there, but there might be something called a phantom presence, and your brain is creating that sensation. Dr. Ben Alderson Day is an associate professor of psychology at Durham University and the author of Presence, The Strange Science and True Stories of the Unseen Other. And thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, well, thank you for having me. How common is this feeling, this feeling of kind of being watched it's hard to put a precise number on it because it's quite a hard feeling to describe. But we know from other, say, hallucinatory phenomena that it tends to affect between 5 and 15% of adults in their lifetime. And for this particular feeling, this sense of phantom presence, you uh, get these in situations like sleep paralysis, which affects about kind of 7% of adults. So uh, those are kind of rough ideas at the moment. But really, the science of felt presence is only just starting. Okay, and so what does it mean exactly? Like, what's ha- am I being watched or is there something going on in my brain? Uh, it could be a combination of things. We certainly have some models now for understanding how our brains can create this feeling. So uh, scientifically, we tend to call it felt presence and define it as the feeling that someone is close by without any clear sensory evidence. So it's not just about hearing a voice in the other room and thinking, ah, oh, maybe somebody's there. It's really like a, just a very basic feeling in your bones that uh, somebody's nearby. And actually, we know from, say, case studies of people who have had damage to their brain or even brain stimulation experiments that actually you can induce just this feeling on its own of suddenly there being like a shadow figure there, kind of maybe mimicking your uh, body position or something like that. So it's it's definitely this kind of standalone thing. And it seems to, in many cases, come from the mind. Um, and we've got some thoughts about why that happens, too. OK, why does it happen? Well, if you look at the areas of the brain that are mostly involved, a lot of them are integrating uh, information from a variety of senses to give us an idea of where our bodies are in space. We all have this capacity. We're used to talking about the five senses, but actually we have many more forms of sensory information, including something called proprioception, so the feeling of where your muscles are in space, you know, where your limbs are. Even if you shut your eyes, you have a vague sense of, say, where your hands should be or your feet should be. And it seems to be that if we disrupt some of those cues, that kind of integration of information, then you can actually end up with some pretty unusual situations, including people feeling like there's actually a a duplicate body or a phantom body near to them. Um, And that's true of the areas of the brain, too. If we look at the bits that are patching together all these cues right at the same time to give us a sense of body position, if you disrupt those areas, then you get this experience. Right. It seems to me, though, you're also kind of dispelling the idea of of ghosts, Dr. Alderson Day, because that not that the feeling that people report when they think that maybe there's a presence there with them? It could overlap with some of those accounts. Certainly, for a lot of people would assume it's the, the stuff of ghost stories. I think one key difference is often when people talk about those sorts of experiences, 
they're talking about very specific places or situations in which they might suddenly experience what feels like a ghost to them. The thing with these presences is that often people get them recurrently and they seem like they're tethered to them as if they've got a kind of umbilical cord, like it's your own personal ghost in some way. Um, and we see it pop up in clinical disorders like schizophrenia or Parkinson's disease. We see it happening around the boundaries of, of sleep, as I mentioned. Um, they can happen in grief and bereavement too, and even survival situations. But it seems to be something more about us as people rather than you know your, your classic haunted house. So I think there's overlap there, but I, I'm certainly not, it's not my job to dispel everybody's uh, unusual <laughs> ghost stories. Would you say that it's more about what's happening inside of us as opposed to what's happening around us? For To a large extent, although we can never take out of the equation the way in which our environment affects us. So um, some of the most famous presences are, are called uh, the third man or the third man effect. And they're really uh, common in like survival or endurance situations in which people are really pushed to their limits. So I'm talking about kind of Antarctic explorers, people climbing Everest, this sort of thing. Very often they describe being accompanied by a companion that often, you know, just gets them over the line or saves them in the nick of time they might not be able to see or hear this companion but they're not alone really at crucial moments and there sure it, it, it seems to be most likely something to do with their own minds but it's also about the pressure that they're put under and it's how our brain responds to stress and adversity oh that's so interesting okay so that now that you have this hint of this going on there like where do you take your research how do you look at this I think a big thing that we're trying to understand now is whether we're just talking about one phenomenon that needs one, say, scientific model and explanation that could unify all these different instances, or if we need more than one explanation. So I mentioned uh, schizophrenia before. I'm mm -hmm. a psychosis researcher, primarily by background, and I had people come to me saying, you know, I hear voices a lot of the time, but often I can feel that the voices are there even when they're not speaking. And that to me posed a puzzle because it didn't seem like our general theories of schizophrenia and psychosis could really explain that. And um, it's uh, so when we turn to that context, we've got to think, look, what's the right explanation to fit to that? Is it something to do with that bodily sense, body perception, as I was mentioning, or is it something else? Because often people have a sense of the presence having an identity, maybe even having kind of intentions towards the person in some way. Um, and for that, we really need to think about how the brain represents other people. We need to think about what psychologists call social cognition. Mm -hmm. um, and so there, we've got almost like two competing theories, right? We've got a kind of body theory, mm -hmm. and we've got something which is more about how we relate to one another. And, and when we, we turn to a, a um, an example like psychosis, we've got to weigh up, you know, what's the what's the explanation that really works here that might help us, you know, develop different psychotherapy tools or just support people who are distressed by this experience. Right. I don't even know how you start to look at this. Like, how do you how do you figure this out? How do you map the brain in this way? Uh, there are there are techniques in which uh, you can induce this experience. Um, so uh, there's a lab in Geneva led by um, a neurologist called Olaf Blanker, who's been studying this for a long time. And they have something um, which in, the, in my book I dubbed the presence robot, which is this ingenious contraption where if what you have to do is you sit down on a stool and you're asked to shut your eyes and poke into thin air with your hand in front of you in kind of a random motion as if you're you know trying to put in your pin number but you've forgotten it and you just have to keep on going and keep on trying and what you, your hand is in a kind of aperture and tracking those movements of your hand in front of you there's a 
there's a robot behind you prodding you in your back at exactly the same time as your own hand movements, completely in sync. And after a while, what you do is you get a sense that actually it's you touching your own back because your brain takes in the information of what you can see and what you can feel in terms of your own movements. Huh. But the touch feedback you're getting is is happening on your own back. So this is a well-known example of a kind of full body or whole body illusion where our brain kind of fills in the gaps and goes, okay, the best way to make sense of this is it's me touching my own back. What happens next is the ingenious bit. What they start to do is make some of those touches asynchronous so they don't quite line up. And for some people, when that happens, they get a complete shudder down their spine. They might laugh, they might turn around because they suddenly feel like a presence is there, literally a ghost in the machine. So, um, and what we can do is, you know, you can study people who are susceptible to that and then look at how their brains are different, what kind of networks are involved. People with Parkinson's who are really susceptible to presences are particularly susceptible to this presence robot as well. So it might sound pretty outlandish um, and uh, even kind of a bit wacky, but actually, you know, we have the tools to try and tease apart how our brains kind of construct our sense of selves and the sense of the other, the phantom other. Oh my goodness, that was fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Not at all. Thank you for having me. It's Dr. Dr. Ben Alderson-Day, who's an associate professor of psychology at Durham University and the author of a book called Presence, The Strange Science and True Stories of the Unseen Other.